You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. and welcome to the ninth episode of the Corporate Quitter Podcast. I'm super excited to have on today's guest. His name is Zach Stern. He's the CEO and founder of Official, the next generation of social media for couples. In a world filled with obligation and hectic schedules, Official offers couples a platform to help them put their relationship first. And I don't know about any of you, but I've been in a relationship for a long time and disagreements happen with trying to figure out dates all the time. Yeah, no, that's something that we really try to kind of avoid. And thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. So what's your story? How did you even get to official? Like, it's such a cool idea, but like, did you experience a relationship and you're like, oh my God, like, this is like, I need to find out something that makes it better. Like, you know, I know you went to NYU and then you were yeah. at basically a venture, a venture fund in New York City for a little while. But can you just kind of tie in, like put all the pieces together? Yeah, I'm happy to, you know, finance guys typically aren't good with emotions. So it was something <laughs> that I kind of was hindered with, but I was able to kind of grow through. I uh, started out at NYU. I was lucky enough to go to NYU Stern, lucky enough that the last names matched. I'm not related to Leonard Stern, but was able really? to use it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah, just really I put two and two together today and I was like, oh my God, maybe he's related to him. No, that's so, that's I'm funny. <laughs> it, I got that question every day while I was in college. So it's, it's one of those things that I just kind of start with instead of end with. Nice. That's, I mean, did you ever like milk it a little bit? Like I, so no one has my last name. Ionello is like so uncommon. And then I think it was like two years ago, one of the CEOs of like, I don't think it was Chase, but it was like maybe Deutsche Bank or like one of those banks. Mm -hmm. There was this guy named Ionello and everyone on my floor at the hedge fund was like, oh my God, are you related to him? Can you get us a meeting with him? And it was like the funniest thing ever. So I, I didn't do that, but our slogan (laughs) at Stern is I am Stern. So I actually ran for class president and I won by doing a few things, but one of which was ending every kind of press thing that I would do or any kind of meeting or anything with just, I am stern, both metaphorically and physically. And no one can really question that. So it's one of those (laughs) things where like, I won pretty easily. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. So you were, you were NYU into Stern School of Business, then what? From there, did a few different jobs, but kind of this all started when I was in college my junior year, junior spring, I studied abroad in London. And I ended up meeting a girl right before I went to London, went to NYU. And we started dating pretty quickly after that, maybe two weeks, three weeks after, but I was in London at the time. So something where the beginning of our relationship was done very virtually. She'd come out and visit. She came to do Valentine's Day in Amsterdam. And kind of, we had a wonderful time there. We kind of explored and did all these great things, but I was realizing kind of I was having to save so much information about her because as we were talking, as we were saving, as we were chatting, it was a lot of FaceTime, text and everything. I wanted a way to remember the little things. This was something where I kept a notes tab on my phone and I would remember kind of little things she'd say, whether her favorite rose was a white rose, whether she loved milk chocolate versus dark chocolate, all these little things. Honestly, like, that's amazing. (laughs) The fact that you even did that. No, really. I think that's like every girl's dream is like just the little things. That's all we want are like the little things. And that's kind of what I really brought into official was the little things are the most important. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. And we're starting with kind of dates and everything. And we can go into that later, but that's kind of the main idea here. So from that, I did the same thing with her family, kind of mom's birthday, dog's name, all these different things. And then as we started to travel a little bit, we would go to Barcelona. We went, we were in London, obviously 
we wanted to go do things. It was her first time ever visiting Europe. So she wanted to go visit places. So we ended up creating Instagram save folders for every place we went to visit. So we'd send each other things back and forth. And then once we got there, she'd go on her phone basically and plot on a map where every one of those things were. And now there's two <laughs> major problems. There's a few major problems. One, it was super time consuming. But also a lot of these dates or a lot of these places we wanted to go didn't have good data. You couldn't see where it was. You couldn't find the exact name. It was a pretty photo, but it might not be tagged. And we're like, okay, this is terrible. And at that same time, it was something where we couldn't see where it was. And that's kind of where we took that idea and brought it into official, where every time you're looking at a date, if you swipe right, we save that data for you. And we actually plot it on a map so you can know where every date is in relation to where you are. So wow. that's kind of one of those things that we brought on after seeing that firsthand. I was like, okay, this needs to change. So that's kind of initially how the idea started. And then when I was in venture, I was looking at everything from jetpacks to cancer research, quite literally. So we did everything and dating apps falls within everything. So I saw my fair share of dating apps. But one thing that I realized was that the dating app model didn't make a lot of sense long-term. And it had a lot of misaligned incentives for the user. So if you're the user, you're both kind of the customer and the product. Yeah. So they're trying to match you with others so that you can succeed. But if you succeed, you're no longer their customer because you turn off the platform. It doesn't matter if it's kind of any of these more modern dating apps, whether it's Tinder or if you go to a Bumble where they have a friend section. If you meet someone on Bumble, the first instinct you're going to have is let's delete Bumble. Even if you have the friends, the professional, I just don't think that makes sense long term because even if you're super trusting, it's something that it's just bias. And it's something that doesn't make sense. So what instead I wanted to focus on, instead of helping you find someone, was helping you keep someone. Because what that does is it changes the incentive. The longer you're with your partner, the longer you're my client. The longer you're my client, the happier you are. So we have that same aligned incentive where we want you to have the best relationship possible because it's even better for us too. So we're winning when you're winning instead of like the traditional dating app where when you win, the dating app loses. That's and that's so kind of cute. How oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> that's so adorable. I like, I actually, I, my boyfriend that I'm dating right now and we're pretty serious. I actually met him on a dating app and it was like, we actually didn't even really like each other in, in the beginning and we ended up growing to like each other. But like, you know, I have friends now who I'm like, oh yeah, just get on the apps. Like, right. You just got to put yourself yeah. out there, go out with people that you don't really know if you like and like give it some time yeah. to, you know, you know, milk it a little bit, just like grow on it. And like you said, like it's only surface level. Like it's only like, it doesn't even mean that it's going to work. You're just like being put in front of like these profiles with these people. And like, it's not a long-term, I mean, even if you find someone again, like it's not providing you any value going forward. No, dating apps are incredible at one thing. And one thing only is just yeah. adjusting the numbers to give you more possible matches. But that comes with kind of consequences and the consequences you don't get to actually meet someone and talk with someone, even if you're using an app, Hinge is designed to be deleted. Yeah. It says it all in itself. We're designed to be kept. And that's kind of our goal is we don't want to be deleted. We want you to succeed with your partner. And that's why you come to us with your partner. That's so awesome. But so now let me ask you why, like, we have so many apps. Like I feel like every single day yeah. I'm downloading a new app. Like I have to create new categories. Like this one's for work. This is for tech. This is for yep. social. I'm like, it's so overwhelming. Like why, 
why should we download that app instead? Like, why'd you choose to do an app versus like, I don't know, a book yeah. or like something like a website, just go to the website. Like why another app? And why are you the perfect, like, why is official the perfect yeah. app to download? I'm going to flip that back to you and ask you if you have any other apps for your relationship. Oh, burn. No, <laughs> you, no. And it's not a burn. It's just the truth. It's people it don't is, have yeah. apps for the relationship. And yeah. I think that's a problem. My goal with official is not to just be social media. Social media is incredible and we're doing it because it makes sense. But our goal is to give you tools that help you have a better relationship. And with that in mind, it's something where we don't want to do a book. I'll write a book one day. I have no problem against that. I'll make a website. We have it. We have kind of therapists working with us to really enhance the platform. But I want to go to the people where the people are. The people are on their phones. True. Everyone's using true. their phones all the time. You're not going to pick up a book if I write a book, even if it's the best book in the world. It's true. Yeah. So. So I built huh. an app. <laughs> was it really hard? Like, I mean, you working at your venture fund, like, you know, in the city, like you're obviously connected to these like people who are doing incredible things. So were you able to leverage the relationships you built at that job to be able to create this app? Like, how did you even find, right? Cause I know you even have like interns yeah. and like people on your team, like how in the hell did you go from like a job to now being a founder of a like an app and a whole company? Yeah. So this wasn't, I haven't talked about this much, but you know, it's at the point where I'm okay with it. Once <laughs> I actually told my job, I got fired on the spot. Wait, what? Yeah, no, it was one of those great kind of things. What? Like, I got fired like two days later. And this was one of those things like we, my job made us go back to the office last September. So did we, yeah. Yeah, so it was one of those things. Once I got to the office, two days later, I had to, I told them about it two days later, brought in random day, fired on the spot. So, so it was one of those things them- where I was re- you were building oh, yeah. out a, a, like a business, I, yeah, I, even though it wasn't interfering I, with your job. And it was not like, interfering. It was not. I, a, it, yeah. It was something I was doing on <laughs> nights and weekends entirely. I, yeah, it, it was tough, but it was, I remember walking home that day, you know, I was walking down fifth Ave. I was really upset. Cause I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I, I went from a, a beautiful office overlooking central park to, you know, I have this company. I'm going to do it. Obviously I'm running full force, but like, it's a lot of instability in my mind. And I remember calling kind of my cousin and he just starts screaming congratulations at me. And it was something where he was like, this is the best thing that could ever happen because now you have no option. You're going to make this work no matter what you do. <laughs> and true. it was the truth. It's very true. And that's what we did. And that's kind of how it worked was I was very blessed to be in the venture space because the entire venture game is just networking. My totally. job was just meeting interesting people and talking with people and being inspired. So to an extent, yeah, I was able to leverage that, but a lot of it was kind of serendipity. I started this, I was angel investing before, and I met my first advisor talking about him with an angel deal. So one of my favorite companies was talking with about it. He's like, after about 15 minutes, he's like, okay, not going to invest. Don't really care about that company. It's cool, but not for me, but I like you. What are you doing? Like, what would you do if you were an inventor? And I was thinking to myself, well, I'm a nerd. So I have pitch decks already made for all my ideas. So I brought this one out and I'm like, let me show you this. And he really liked it to the point where he's like, I want you to seriously consider this. And this was last May. So almost a year ago, exactly. And I was like, okay. Like at first I was like, okay, you're crazy. Like I'm not actually going to just leave venture. I was being promoted (laughs) to an associate at the time. Like everything was going well, making money, all this kind of stuff. And he was like, no, you got to do this. And after a few more phone calls, I was like, you're right, I, I have to. And he became my first advisor. And I was super blessed and lucky that he kind of pushed me. 
because it was something that really drove me to just continue. That's so awesome that you had someone so early in the process, like behind your back and behind your idea, right? Obviously he probably sees it as being profitable, right? That's like number one for an investor, but like I'm in the process of building my own business and I have this podcast and stuff. And like, though I have so much support in some sense, like not everyone is like on board with the whole idea of me, like quitting my job and like, this is a full thing. So like, that's awesome that someone at such a high level of power with such influence, like sees things in you or sees the potential of something before maybe you even see the full force yourself, or I should say did see the full force yourself. Oh, I agree. I agree entirely. It was something where he really saw it in me. And like, it's one of those things where he still sees it in me and it, it, it drives me because I know I can't let him down. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so like now you have your, your team of people. Is that someone like, did basically this invite this advisor help you kind of source out all those people? How did you even find all the interns? How does that even work? Like, do you have to have a full blown, like, cause when I think intern, I'm thinking like a giant company that then like pays them a set yeah. salary and they're there just for the summer. And like, that's that, or these people, like they're in college and they're trying to build a portfolio and you're like, Hey, here's a free opportunity. Come on over, show me what you got. And I'll be like your advocate, no matter what. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly that. And then for most of them, or almost all of them, we give them college credit too, if they can take it. We've had some- How do you even do that? That's a thing? Oh, it's it's remarkably easy. Really? It's kind of scary how easy it is for me, a 23-year-old, to give a 21-year-old college credit. All I have to do is say how many hours they worked a week and sign my name. Wow. That's it. Oh my God. Seriously? Seriously. Yeah. Oh man, maybe I can get myself some interns. <laughs> oh, you can. You you it's easily so can. It's one of the, and I would say as long as you're really giving them value, that's the only thing that matters because wow. our biggest thing is we want to make sure that they're not just working with us, but that we're trying to give them value and that they're trying to learn something. And we've found some incredible people. And we found incredible people that were in college or not in college. We found people that lost their jobs, but always wanted to be a writer. And they're like, would you give me a chance at being a a blog writer? And I'm like, without a doubt, like I have nothing to lose. I'd much rather give you a shot at building your portfolio if you're going to try it and you're going to have so much passion because those are the best type of people. Yeah, And that's kind of the, the, the really fun part of it is giving people a chance. That's so awesome that you were able to like, not only find really like awesome people to contribute to this, but like. You, you blew my mind away. Like I have to do some research after this because if that's a thing, like if it's, I can do it myself, like I'm going to do it. And probably a lot of other oh, people you can. too. You can. It, it was wow. one of those things that I didn't realize at first. And when I got fired, I'm like, okay, I can't do everything. I was waking up at 8am and then going to bed at 3 to 4am every night and just cranking out with everything because as a founder, that's what you do. Yep. But I, I'm not a designer by any means. Like I said, I'm a finance guy. Design, <laughs> not my thing. I was able to find incredible designers who helped us really build a brand. That's so awesome. Now, how did you even find these people? Was it just like a LinkedIn search or did you do a Craigslist post? Like, how did you even find them? Link- friends of friends? A lot, like- friends of friends, a lot of LinkedIn, a lot of Indeed. And then as we got bigger, people just wanted to work for us. I mean, it was it got crazy at a point where like, I want to say in February to April, we were getting over a thousand applicants a month. This past, like this past February, yeah, April? Th- yeah. Wow. This past February, April, we were oh getting God, over a thousand. Oh my God, I'm flattered that you actually responded <laughs> to my request to be in the podcast then. Wow. Oh my God. Well, I mean, I mean, also the app is launching in June. So like, yeah, like you got a lot, you got a lot coming this year. Oh, we got a lot coming this year. It's one of those things where there's a lot going on at once and we're really excited. Are there any like, 
even even though this sounds amazing and there are already like obviously so many good things that are here like has there anything that's been like ridiculously challenging that you want to like bang your head against the wall you don't know like or maybe you at should least say once a week <laughs> really? at that least one? yeah no there, it, it's one of those things at least once a week i want to bang my head against the wall and my number two in command sarah she's incredible she knows when we're having like a bad day or when something's going wrong so she'll just send me like puppy videos of golden retrievers to try to make my day like somewhat <laughs> yeah. more tolerable and it's the best thing ever that's so funny can you give an example of like a challenge that you've had that maybe seems like not so, so big but ended up being crazy or like how did you overcome those things so that you can progress in your business yeah uh i would say in april we went viral on tiktok again but we didn't go viral in the u.s we went viral in europe and in asia and that was something that we weren't prepared for because we don't operate there at all. So within a day, we had another 10,000 downloads in the UK, another 3,000 in Germany, downloads in as far to Japan, to South Africa and everywhere. And everyone's emailing me like, hey, like your app doesn't work. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Right now we're just in America. So it was something that I was like, okay, this is not good, but this is great at the same time. So what we ended up doing was we threw up a wait list and within... I want to say 24 hours, we had downloads coming from 52 different countries besides the US. Wow. So it was something that people really like the idea. And that's kind of what makes me happiest. That's the only thing that gets me going because as a founder, you hear more often than not that your idea is stupid or that it doesn't make sense. So there's not mm -hmm. a market. When I first started this company, no one understood and people still don't fully understand that there's a relationship market besides dating apps it's something that takes a while to convince people and everyone tells me I'm crazy, but I see the numbers. I see the people that want to work for us. And I see kind of everyone our age who's like, this is incredible. Like I need this. Yeah. And that's, what's really great is because everyone that's older doesn't understand it. So that gives me a leg up to understand, okay, this is how we're going to market. This is how we're going to show it to people. And this is how we're going to get it in front of people from a video with 400,000 views. We got over 20,000 downloads. Wow. We, we can do that again easily. Yeah. And it will cost us thousands at most because we can just do partnerships with influencers and everything. And that's what we're going to do. Wow. I mean, it's a great, it's a social media, man. Like it's so crazy. Know. You know, like literally overnight, everything can change. I haven't yet gone. I don't know. I barely am on the TikTok game, but I can see how again one video and like everything changes like all of a sudden these people who are like you know have their etsy you know whatever store and they have one yeah. video go viral and now they have like thousands of downloads and they actually have to like hire help because they can't process the orders quick enough like so cool yeah it's great it's incredible for what it is yeah i mean so with that like do you have someone who actually manages all of your social media and tiktok stuff do they have like the algorithm like they know it all and they do it all and like that's like their jam I'd love to tell you we know the algorithm, but we don't know the algorithm. We, we, <laughs> I don't think we, anyone we, really does. No, no one really knows the algorithm. I have friends that work at ByteDance, which is the parent company. And they're like, even I don't fully like get the algorithm. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. I understand that. But it's something where we do, we have a lot of people working on our social because that's something that you need a lot of people to do. Yeah. Sarah runs that for us, who's my number two, and she she's crushing it. It's something where we have 
We have every kind of social media you can imagine. We even have a Spotify account for playlists at this point. Do you really? What are they? Are they like, 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 rom- like romantic? Like, okay, if you yeah. miss the mood you're feeling, oh my God, yeah, shut exactly. up. Do you really? Shut up. Oh my God. Wait, like what else? Cause like, I'm going to Central Park tomorrow. I'm going to have like little date day with like, you know, my boyfriend. Like which playlist should I use? We literally, I want to say we have a playlist for like at the park or like low five. Oh my God. No, it's one of those things that we really are trying to think about. That's such a smart idea. I actually, I think it was like a month ago. I found out that there is, I forget if it's like Barilla or like one of those pasta companies, they literally have playlists for each type of pasta. And it's the, the amount of minutes on it is the exact time that you cook the pasta. Now that's, I don't eat pasta, but isn't that so wild? I mean, like, it's kind of cool. Cause you're like, oh my God, no one's ever done that. But even like, you know, I find sometimes like going to the park, like we go, my boyfriend and I'll go on a hike or like go to the beach or like whatever date it is. Like, even if we, we used to be big on playing rummy or like poker and we would stay up like till four in the morning, talking, drinking white claws and playing park card games. But like the, the playlist is such a detrimental thing to like set the tone for a date. It's so important. Yeah, so I just I just looked it up. We have eight playlists up right now. We're doing another one every week. So for you this weekend, I would say we have Beachin' with Boo or oh Couples God. Road Trip. So those would be the two that I would suggest. Uh, we also have like tender moments as well or at home date night. So we wow. have a few of them out there. And our goal is really just we want to be there wherever your relationship is. We want to be kind of that third party in your relationship and have a relationship with you to help you grow. I'm so excited. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> no, but really like, I think for our generation, like people are so, they want to get to know their partners better and they want to be better. Like girlfriends, boyfriends, spouses, partners, like, you know, I even, I look at my own parents and like people who are older than me who have these relationships and like most of them are, pr- they're good. Maybe they're okay. But like, you know, I don't want to be someone who gets divorced at like 40 years old and has to start over because the person I chose, like I didn't get to know well enough when I was dating because we didn't have opportunities to have like those dates that actually build connection. And like, you find out the person on a deeper level or like, you know, I like, I remember there was an article going around maybe like a year or two ago mm-hmm. and it was like 50 questions to ask yeah. your Time, partner. Uh, to- but yeah, in your time, get them know, like get to know them better. And I was like, oh my God, that's such a smart idea. But like, we're so accustomed to just go to the bar and get drunk and like do yeah. something stupid and like, versus actually doing like meaningful things and asking meaningful questions to like, know who the hell you're getting involved with. I, I can tell you that that's something that we're building. So it's not something that we're going to have for launch, but it's something where we're really working hard. We're doing research ourselves. We're working with therapists because one thing we know is therapy in our generation's eyes is viewed as positive. Yes. If you're not going to therapy to some degree, or if you, if you're troubled, but you're not reaching out for help, it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, couples therapy is seen as something that's a self-selecting bias that you have a problem. So I don't see that changing anytime soon for really couples therapy to be okay or open. And that's kind of one of the big things we're doing is we're going to give you the same tools you're going to get at couples therapy, but we're going to call it social media. So you're not scared and there's no stigma. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons that's one of the things that sets us apart from all these other coaching apps is they're great, but they're calling themselves coaching and they're calling themselves therapy. I'm not going to call myself therapy because I don't need to. I'd much rather remove the stigma behind it, back it all up by science, and then just allow you to have more fun while you're doing it. That sounds a lot more fun. 
like being, I mean, I scroll my phone for hours. It's terrible. Like I get on TikTok to like, okay, I'm going to like spend 10 minutes to get on it. And all of a sudden I'm like deep in a rabbit hole of like something so stupid, like how to like perfect cleaning my bathtub or like whatever it is. Like that's more fun and more entertaining in that form than going to like, you know, therapy or like sometimes self-help books are like, ugh, they're so exhausting after I've read like the fifth one, like I need a break. Uh, Trust me. I know I've read multiple, (laughs) multiple, multiple at this point because it's one of those things where I've probably read five, 10, 20 relationship books just so that I can be in the right frame of mind to guide me while I'm doing this for everyone else. So I'm biting the bullet so that no one else has to. <laughs> so speaking of books and like knowledge and things like that, yeah. yeah, clearly you're very passionate about what you're building and like you have this knowledge of like how to run a business and whatever else. For people who are listening or like maybe just in general friends you talk with about stuff like this, do you have any like go-to resources or gurus or people that really helped to bring you to the next level to be in this state of mind, so to speak? I would say it depends. There's difference between relationship state of mind and business. Mm -hmm. I would say in marketing, I'm going to plug my advisor, Amanda. Uh, Amanda's book, The Seven Levels of Engagement is remarkable. And it really is something that I've read multiple times and writing I that really down <laughs> definitely should. It's all about kind of engaging with your user and she bases it on kind of a bunch of different things, but ties it in when Harry met Sally, the famous movie. So it's something where I had never seen before. Cause I'm I've not never a seen guy. it. So <laughs> yeah, but I was, I've been yelled at numerous times because it's all about love and all these different things. So it just made sense. And it really is kind of applicable. If you're starting a business and it's a new business, I would recommend zero to one. That's one of the kind of all-time greatest venture books and kind of startup books out there. And then one of my old, old, old favorites that my father actually made me read when I was younger is a book called Zap, Z-A-P-P. And there's a little like lightning bolt exclamation point. And it's a management book from like the 1970s or the 1980s, but it's just such a great read because it takes it in a sense of not just a bland management book, but walks you through the lens of a story and trying to really get you to view what people see so that you can be a better leader. Wow. Yeah. Some of these books are kind of like, they're very dry, right? It's to the point which I like, right? Because I don't want any fluff sometimes, but at the same time, like I get to a point where like, I'm just reading the same page over and over again for like seven times. I'm like, okay, literally I'm not absorbing any of this. I need to put it down and come back to it later on because it's just like, I'm kind of bored. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. Okay. I have so much reading to do then. I'm really excited about the seven levels of engagement too, because what I um, am in a women's like mastermind, like business group Mm -hmm. now. And one of this one, like this woman in there, her name's Donna. She is awesome. Donna DiCenzo. She is like a social media slash engagement guru. And she's all about like building like connection and relationships versus just like, you know, I'm sure you've seen a billion times on your probably your own personal um, Instagram or even on official, like people will mass spam comment or mass spam, like, like all your stuff as a way of like engagement. It's like, no, 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 no. That is not the way to engage with people. You need to build healthy relationships, ask good questions. Like that is the way you build trust and trust equals credibility and credibility equals, I don't want to say a sale, but yes, like, right. They're going to download your app. They're going to, they're going to invest in your book, like whatever it is, like, there's, and we're in the relationship era, whether it's like romantic or not, like people want to have connection. Yeah. Especially with COVID. It's one of those things where people are really emphasizing relationships and they're realizing, you know, I can sit in my house for the rest of my life and I'm okay with it. (laughs) I want to be spending it or I want to be seeing people that I really want to see. Yeah. I can say the same. It was COVID was like, there's a silver lining in it, but it was definitely at times 
super challenging not to be able to connect with people, right? Because especially, I mean, as you know, being in like the hedge fund world, like you're constantly being surrounded by people constantly on calls and meetings. Like you almost like lose track of like your life because you're just like sucked into this like routine of like, get up, go to the gym, go to work, come home, make food, like then work, like all this stuff. And it's just like, when's the fun? Like when's the relationship and the connection other than maybe getting drunk at happy hour? Typical finance. (laughs) So with you, like, you know, obviously you built most of this during COVID. Was that a huge hurdle for you? Or was there like, again, a silver lining or like, was it the perfect time for you to actually build it? Like just because you were at home or because of other things too? Because I was at home because everyone else was at home. And so I'll, I'll go on the building aspect. I locked myself away for six months to the point where no one saw me. Like to and build I was all this? Just, yeah, to build everything. So I don't code, but to build all the marketing, do all the other stuff behind it, I was staying up for much longer than I should have. And it was something where I couldn't have done that if the world was open. I can't do that now with things starting to reopen because it's at a point where you need to continue the relationships you have, but if you're not allowed to, then you're not allowed to. And it's better to do this than to just go play video games or to just watch YouTube. So I was able, and I was lucky enough that that happened. But at that same time, you had people who were either looking for things to do, were bored at home or wanted to try something new. So that's how we were able to get people to kind of work with us. And then I view COVID as the best thing to happen for my business because we're coming at a time where people are valuing their relationships more than ever. Mm-hmm. But at that same time, our whole goal is to help you do more with your partner. So we've seen two typical base case scenarios with most people that's our target demographic. And what that basically means is one, you're separated from your partner, either in different cities, states, or countries for weeks on end, or two, you're locked in the same small house or apartment with them for weeks on end. In either case, you want to get out of the house and do something with your partner. So I view that as a win for us because it really shows that people want to have more dates. People want to do more together. And I think that's the most beautiful part about it. Yeah. 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 I'm glad that you were able to get a lot out of like such a shitty time, so to speak. Like it, you know, silver lining right now you have a, you know, you have an app, a crazy, you know, an app that's being launched in a month and a team full of amazing people and like so much data to work with, but did you, when you were like locked away for six months, like really focusing on this, did you find it like any of it, a part of a struggle? Like, like, right. The notion of like overworking isn't good, but like, obviously like not producing is not good either. So did you ever struggle with like the work-life balance for your own personal business? Or were you just so like passionate that like, even though you were working till like three or four in the morning, you get an hour of sleep, it like didn't matter. It didn't matter, but it was something where I knew I couldn't do it long-term. I, I've seen it. So I started eating really clean. I cooked almost all my own meals for myself. I started working out six days a week to really make sure that I was staying healthy. And I wanted to be someone that if I succeed, I want to be kind of someone that people can emulate and do it the right way. I don't want to be seen as someone who like in finance is just doing a bunch of drugs to stay up all night because that's oh my not God. my goal. <laughs> it's like such a, like, I didn't realize the actual, like so many people do like drugs in corporate than I thought I literally thought it was just like a wolf of wall street like a movie thing like no almost everyone that I well not everyone but like a good chunk of people that I knew like did coke on a regular basis just to keep the fuel going because they were so fucking exhausted Uh, yeah I had people doing it at my at my like holiday party at the last one I was at (laughs) 
it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, like you guys are fun. I'm not into this. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to make sure that it was something that I was not taking part in purposely. And I wanted to really be healthy at that same time. But no, I mean, it's one of those things where I tie official to myself. Mm-hmm. So I officials worth is Zach's worth, which is terrible. And I know from like a therapist perspective or a mental health perspective, the worst thing I could possibly do. But what that does is it drives me. I don't have a fallback. I don't have any other option, but for this to work out. Mm-hmm. So this whole kind of work-life balance, like I don't have a work-life balance. Like I'll be at the bar at midnight and someone will text me that they need something. And I'll just sit down and type out an email, no matter how long it takes me. If someone wants me to review something, I'll do it no matter where I am. I'm never off the clock. And for some people, that's like crazy. For me, it's just normal. Like on Sundays, I have four hours of calls every Sunday. And that's just standard at this point. Like I work seven days a week because I need to. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's healthy, but I think it's the only option I have until things really start to work. Yeah. Do you think that eventually maybe in the next year, maybe two years as this really picks up and maybe you get investors or like more cash flow, or like, you'll be able to kind of take, not, I want to say backseat, but like you can actually maybe instead of being on calls for, you know, four hours on Sundays, you can like go to central park and like put on your bathing suit and have some white claws. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things <laughs> that I see it in the future. I mean, even now versus six months ago, like six months ago was a time where I didn't go out. I would go out once a week to see friends. And then that was that. Now it's all mm-hmm. go out to dinner at some nights. I'll kind of see people. I'm going to see friends this weekend. So I'm trying to do that more and more. And I see in the future some normalcy, but I don't see it as something that'll ever truly be normal. I think no matter what, I'm someone that always needs to be doing something. Mm-hmm. So I'll always be working. I could totally relate to that feels weird when you're it's almost like you try to rest but you rest efficiently like and it's still like yeah. you're trying to be productive when you're resting still it's so bizarre but did you have any like issues with like I know you said that you you basically met with your friends once a week and like that was your set day yeah. when you were building all this or I should say even now do you have issues with like or have you had any riffraff with like friends or family who are like, oh, you're working too much. Like, I want to spend more time with you. Or like, this is ridiculous. Like anyone who I don't even want to say was unsupportive, but like, um, no, yeah. you know, kind of you were up against while doing this. Yeah, definitely. It was something where everyone around me knew what was going on, though. For the most part, it was OK. I mean, I, I got some stuff from friends at times were just mad at me that they wouldn't see me enough. But they were still super supportive and I know like they have my back and they still love me. Family was remarkable. My parents are incredible for what they're kind of helping me with. Like my dad and I have a call every Monday at 10 AM to go over everything for the week for official, just because he wants to be kind of involved. Just, Aww, that's just so because. Cute. So, yeah. So it's one of those things where like, I'm very supported by my family and I'm remarkably lucky for that. Yeah. It's hard to come by. Yeah. But I mean, you are launching an app. So they're like, oh my God, it's legit. It's actually happening. Oh yeah. No, my mom, <laughs> my mom is like, oh my God, I can search your name on Spotify now. And you come up I'm like, <laughs> yes, mom. It is actually pretty cool. Like once, I don't know, for whatever reason, once like you see things like, like when I launched my podcast, it was like, you know, like, again, like if you type your name and you're like, oh my God, I'm coming up. Like now that you're famous, but like, you're like, oh my God, a smidget, like 5%, like 0.5%. Like I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of those things that a lot of people just joke with me about. They're like, oh, you're a big shot now. I'm like, 
no, I'm not. Like I, I don't view <laughs> myself as successful at all. Everyone's like, oh, you have an app. I'm like, I don't care. It's not live. It's not working. It's not making people's lives better. When it starts making people's lives better, I'll be very successful. Until that happens, uh, you know, honestly, I think I'm a failure at some degree. I know that's not the appropriate answer or response, but until it works, that's my view. Yeah, I can totally get, I get that. Yeah. It's like imposter syndrome slash like, I don't know if it's like being a perfectionist. Like there are times where I'm like, oh, like, I don't even know if I should bother with this because it's like, I don't have the perfect microphone or like my laugh is really like there's sibilance in my laugh. Like, I don't know. It's, you know, it's even like building out websites and stuff like, oh, it doesn't like, this doesn't look good on my phone. Like, oh no, it's not really a big deal. Like just, you got to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But so something I like to ask basically all my guests before I kind of like wrap up everything is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? And I know you've already done so much already, but like maybe <laughs> if there was one thing that you were like, oh, you should have did that differently to like get, you would have gotten maybe farther in life, maybe with this or with other things in your relationships, like what would it be? So I truly do believe that I'm super lucky for where I am. And I, I'm so thankful that I wouldn't change a thing. I don't know if I have advice for that. I would say the biggest thing is just start networking as much as I could have. And it was something that I'm really lucky that I've built up over my years because my network is kind of everything I have. Yeah. And I'm super lucky for the friends, for the colleagues and for the people I know, just because it's something that's truly remarkable. But I don't think I would change anything going back because it's something where I'm, I'm satisfied for where I am. Mm -hmm. And I know if things change, then official might not be here. Yeah. Imagine. Oh my God. Where would you be? It's like, I, I have a friend who he always talks about that. He's like, oh my God, the timeline. He's like, he calls it the timeline. He's like, the timeline could have changed or you could change the timeline if you do that. So, you know, he, he's like, you never want to regret anything you do because you'd be a completely different person with different experiences yeah. if you did that. So, you know, that's one thing, but I, um, your networking, it started when you were in school or you even got it like kind of jump started before that. I jump started it probably when I was in high school. It was one of those really? things where I, yeah, I really just tried to network as much as I could and it's helped me more than anything else in my life. I've never thought I was the smartest person in the room, but I know how to get into the room mm -hmm. and that's what kind of matters most. So it was something where I've sat in on some incredible meetings, had some incredible life experiences just because of my network and I'm just thankful for it. Yeah. It does make a difference. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I learned so much. I can't wait to like, I maybe we'll go look for some interns. I got some books to read and cool playlists for tomorrow. I'm so excited. I'm glad <laughs> I could help. Thank you for having me. So for one last thing. So the app goes official, yep. official goes official on June 15th, right? Yep. June 15th. So if anyone wants to get on, you know, get on it, basically they just have to go to your website and basically just plug in their email and they'll get notified when it's ready to be downloaded. Yeah. So we have the wait list up right now the higher you get on the wait list. So you get higher on the wait list by referring friends, mm -hmm. then you're going to be allowed early access. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of the things we're doing, but then, yeah, everything's going to be going live June 15th. And then we're going to be kind of kicking it up and building it out from there. So exciting. Oh, yay. Only a month. Not even actually. Yeah. A little bit less than a month. A little bit less than a month. I'm terrified. <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh, well, thanks so much I for coming so. on. Thank you so much for having me.